Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here this week to bring you a review of an album that I just absolutely love, Tragic Kingdom by the band No Doubt. And I first came across this album the first time I visited Arizona. My brother played it for me, and I just fell in love with it. The The sound was fantastic. The energy on the album is amazing. The passion, it's all there. I mean, this, this hits every box on the chart for me, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring it to you guys. In fact, I remember as I was getting ready to head back to Colorado, um, he, uh, he had dubbed a copy of it for me until I had a chance to get one of my own, because by the time I was going to get back to Denver and get home, everything would have been closed. So he dubs a copy and on my way home from work the very next day, I just went out and bought the CD because, well, he dubbed it to cassette because that's where we were at that time. So this would have been, I want to say 80, uh, 88, 98, Memorial Day of 98, I think it was. It was either 97 or 98, but I want to say it was 98. And that would have been when I first uh, had contact with this album. It originally came out October 10th of 1995. So, you know, it's been out there for a while and maybe you've heard it and you love it or you hate it and maybe you haven't. But hopefully, you know, you'll still listen to the episode and through my view of the songs that we're going to talk about, you know, maybe it'll inspire you to pick it up again if it's been a while or go check it out if you never have, because it really is a fantastic album. Their their follow up, uh, I think it was Return of the Saturn or Return of Saturn. Um, I liked, but not quite as much. There were more songs on this album that um, that I would, you know, listen to over and over or crave hearing where there's uh, there's a couple on the other album that I, I really love. But uh, this album really is the one that did it for me. And I'm going to get into those uh, right now. Actually, not right now. First, uh, just a quick update on where things are at for me. Uh, I have finished the uh, trilogy, all the changes that my editors suggested uh, that I make before I submit the books to her to start uh, editing and plowing away and and telling me what I did right and wrong. Um, So those changes are all done. The books are now with her for when she has time to work on it. I'm very excited to get her feedback and then get it off to the beta readers. And then hopefully, if everything works out timing-wise, get it out there by November of this year. If I can't make it by November, it's going to have to wait until January because of the holidays and you know strategic sales and all that stuff. So uh, that's the target is uh, November, and hopefully we'll be able to stick with that. Um, in the meantime, while I'm waiting for her to find the time to work on the books, I have started work on the next album, which is going to be called The Forgotten Puppet Show. And this is my summer album. So it is a revamp of some of my older songs that, you know, never really saw a proper release, just, you know, a handful of CDs that that I had printed up and that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm reworking those songs, modernizing them to, you know, a little bit better uh, sound and composition skills and, and all that stuff, because some of these songs I wrote 20 plus years ago. So uh, they they deserve a, uh, a modernization of everything. And uh, and then they fit in with my current, you know, the stuff that I've been releasing over the last few years. Otherwise, they seem really dated and out of place and the sound isn't quite as good and and that. So um, I'm really, really excited working on those. I've already got a couple of songs done. 
um, that I'm very, very happy with. And if my shoulder injury holds up uh, as it has been, then I will be able to do live drum tracks, which is really the goal. And um, so far, it seems like I can, I, I have enough flexibility to be able to play everything I need. This, these songs aren't too difficult for drums. So um, it's, it's coming along swimmingly. I'm quite happy and um, we'll be excited to release that hopefully August, but that's really going to depend on the book schedule. Because like I said, with the book schedule uh, having to be released by November, if it's going to happen this year, that's going to take priority. The album can really come out any time as far as that goes. So uh, that pretty much catches everything up here. Um, if you haven't checked out my other show, Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast, wherever you're listening to this, you can also listen to that. You can also stream it from my website at scotthaskin.com. And then just click the Uriah Heat podcast link. And uh, that's a fun show. I, I'm, uh, I'm on the 12th season. They have 24 studio albums out so far. And I know by the time that I get through all of them, they will have uh, at least one more out, if not two. And that just depends on, you know, wh- when they can get into record and all that with the, uh, the restrictions that are still in place in, in the UK. But uh, it's a fun show. I'm loving doing it. I'm discovering so many wonderful nuances and little things I never heard before in the music. Some of the songs I had never heard at all, but it's everything that they recorded in the studio, every bonus track I can get a hold of. And I'm working off of the deluxe CD releases that have a good amount of the bonus tracks. And then there's some others that are scattered about that uh, some didn't get released until different anthologies and that came out. So I'm still in the process of collecting um, a handful of them, but I've got the majority of them now and I'm just having fun. So that show comes out on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then the Haskin Cast podcast, of course, comes out on Wednesday. Now, uh, one last word before I get into Tragic Kingdom. That sounded weird to say. Uh, the next two shows of the Haskin Cast podcast are are going to be a little bit difficult for me because if all goes well schedule-wise with my special guest, um, uh, next week I will be covering Lee Kerslake's final release. He was the drummer of Uriah Heep, plays with uh, Blizzard of Oz. If you know the song Crazy Train, that was him, among many other amazing pieces of music. I will be reviewing his last album called Eleventeen. And then the following week, now I've listened to Eleventeen, and it's a very good album, a uh, very passionate, someone who really said, this is going to be the last thing that I think I'll get to do, and I'm going to put everything into it. And he he really did. It's a, it's a very, um, very emotional album to me. And then uh, the following week, I will be reviewing uh, My Book of Answers, the final album from Ken Hensley. And that one I have not gotten myself to listen to yet. I will, obviously, before I do the review, but um, I have to say it's a, it's a little bit tougher. I didn't get the chance to meet Lee ever. Uh, I, I have spent a great amount of time listening to his drumming, but I never had the, the opportunity to meet him as, as opposed to Ken, who uh, I'd had several conversations with. And if you heard the interview that I did on this show, that came out on the, the day that he passed away. So I had interviewed him just a week before. And uh, he was so high spirited, so, you know, passionate about the music. He was he was working on a music video that was going to be released. And uh, in fact, he had just come from the editing suite when I had interviewed him. And, uh, you know, he, he was interested in helping out with the uh, the Rye Heat podcast and all this stuff. And unfortunately, we never got to do that. So for me, that album is is a little bit more emotional. And I just haven't been able to um 
dig into those songs just yet, but I'll be able to do it before that show um, in a couple of weeks. So uh, stay tuned for those. Those are going to be great shows. And I promised you guys a returning guest last month who uh, we only got to one of his books. And if you listen to that episode, you know who I'm talking about. If not, it'll be a surprise. But I'm working on uh, scheduling with him so we can get him back on the show to cover his other book. And I'm very excited about that. He's a really nice guy, great guest, and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with him some more. So that's uh, that catches you guys up on everything that's going on as far as me and the show. And now uh, it's time to get into the album. Like I said, this was released October 10th, 1995. It is called Tragic Kingdom. Very passionate album. I've got the links to the No Doubt website that doesn't seem to have been updated in quite some time. Uh, The last update talked about the 25th anniversary of their previous album, and then that was it. And we're past 25 years for Tragic Kingdom, so I don't really know what's happening with the website, but it doesn't look like it's been updated in a while. Uh, Now, there are some really amazing musicians in this band. Um, I I don't know how you wouldn't have heard of her. Uh, She did a song with Moby. She's done a lot of solo work. She actually had a, um, a house show here in Vegas at Planet Hollywood for a while. And she took over for Britney Spears. And I think the show was called Just a Girl. And that relates to actually a song on this album that we're going to talk about. But Gwen Stefani is the lead vocalist. And then on guitar, we have Tom Dumont. On bass, we have Tony Canal. On drums and percussion, we have Adrian Young. And we have a host of guest musicians, mostly playing brass and classical instruments. But one of note, which I did not know until I uh, started digging into this album. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention Eric Stefani, who played piano and keyboards on the album. He's part of the band, not not an additional player, but part of the band. But assisting him on his duties uh, as an additional musician is Matthew Wilder. And you guys may know Matthew Wilder from his song from the, uh, the 80s called Break My Stride. I love that song. It's one of those songs that if you need to get pumped up, you know, if you feel like you are uh, being treated badly or if you just don't have the energy or, you know, whatever's going on that you need some uh, positive reinforcement, Break My Stride is a great song to listen to. So check that out. I'm sure I've known something uh, or other else that he's done, but that's the only song that comes to mind. And uh, yeah, I was really surprised to find out that he had played uh, additional keyboards on this album, but I thought that was really cool. So we have a very strong band, very solid group of musicians. They'd done albums before, so they they knew each other pretty well by this point. You know, they'd been on the road together, and you really learn about each other. You grow together as musicians and as friends and really more family when you're on the road. So, uh, you know, they were pretty comfortable going into the studio. Now, production-wise on this album, I absolutely love the way it was mixed. I love the recording of it. I love the, um, you know, the mastering. It it really is just a fantastic sounding album. One thing for me that really uh, makes it, though, is the snare drum. The snare drum really cuts through. It's very powerful. Um, You know, the mixes aren't perfect for me. They're they're very close. But overall, I think it just sounds absolutely fantastic. And, and, you know, anything that I um, hear in particular, of course, I'll, I'll point out as we talk about each song. But right off the bat, you know, there's uh, the first song is called Spiderwebs. And I, I love the concept of this because, and I don't know why, maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's a difference between an answering machine and voicemail. 
I can't even explain what it would be because they basically serve the same function. The difference is in the capture and the delivery, right? Because an answering machine is a, a physical unit that you would put a cassette in. I'm sure later models had memory cards, but um, you would put a, a little mini cassette into it and you would record your outgoing message for when people called in. And then you would have another little mini micro cassette that would record the incoming voicemails. Now, that's all well and good, but you had to call your answering machine, press a button, put in a code, like all these things to retrieve your messages. And now you could just go to your voicemail and you enter your cell phone code and you're done. So uh, it, it's pretty much the same thing, but for some reason it feels so different to me. So back in the days of answering machines, um, you could screen your calls. Like you could actually hear the message that the person was leaving and decide whether you wanted to pick it up or not. So this is kind of uh, my understanding of the lyrical content of the song is this is kind of that, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm busy. I can't talk right now. I'm walking into spider webs and just kind of the way of brushing off someone who is, is calling that you really don't want to talk to. You know, a lot of times it would be a solicitor, no different than, than now, but there was no, uh, you know, caller ID hadn't started yet. Those little caller ID boxes that you could get. I don't know if you guys remember those. It was just, you know, the voice was was the thing that would tell you who who it was. And that was all you had to go by. And then once caller ID came around, you know, then you kind of had an inkling and you could, you know, just walk away and not wait to see who it was. Um, but yeah, it's it was just a whole different time. So it was about just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm home, you know, I'm listening to you. I really don't feel like talking to you right now for whatever reason. And so here's my brush off. So it's kind of a neat concept if I have it right. But the music, this is the opening of the album. The opening of the album has to be strong for a band like this, for an album like this. And they they really kicked it in right off the bat. So let's take a listen. Here is a little bit of Spiderwebs. You know, it's been a while since I've listened to this album and uh, right away, I mean, the memories just come right back. Um, you know, even on Memorial Day, when I came out to Phoenix for the first time, I was not at all used to that kind of heat. So it was all about finding places that had misters or being in the car with the air conditioning or staying indoors and uh, but yet kind of wanting to explore the city and check it out. So it was uh, it was a really interesting time and uh, beautiful sunsets and, and all that. But right off the bat, like it, it just takes me back to that time. And, and of course, there is an appeal to the album because of that nostalgia. But the fact is, this is really great music. It's a very solid song. It kicks in right off the bat and you know you're in for something tremendous. You got a really strong uh, brass section playing right there, part of the uh, additional in instrumentalists that they brought in. And that was hard to say. And uh, just a, a really solid effort. So, uh, you know, as the song goes on, you could hear as it was fading out where it was kicking in a little bit to get towards the chorus. But very powerful, uh, really great song and uh, should well be checked out. The next song is Excuse Me, Mister. Ooh, I'm like a beggar with no love. 
what another you know powerful song and a lot of times bands will open up with a, a really a good driving song and then the second song for some reason they'll they'll dial it back that seems to be a fairly common thing to do but in this case they're like nope we're just going to we're just going to keep kicking it we're going to stay powerful and and keep this song or the album driving hard and they do and i love the mix on this i love that the Guitars are buried and the bass takes a little more precedence in certain parts. And then, you know, as you go along the song, then the guitars kick in a little bit more. Um, just just some great sounding distortion on the guitars. Bass is cutting through really nice and clean. Love that snare. I think we could use just a little bit more kick drum, uh, just my opinion. But the vocals blend in nicely with everything. Nothing really seems to be taking over anything else. It's, it's just a really nice blend of in the mix for me. And just another really powerful song. And she's got, Gwen's got so many little inflections in her voice that just make these memorable little moments, the way that she chooses to sing various parts. I mean, it could be a word, it could be, you know, the tail of a word, but she's just got this way of making her, her dialogue delivery or her lyrical delivery just very, very memorable. And I've always appreciated that about this band. And then as I've gone on to her to hear some of her solo stuff, um, it's very much the same. You know, it, it it seems like she just has a knack for that kind of writing. Now, uh, the next song is Just a Girl. So this is what she titled her uh, stint that she did here at Planet Hollywood. I did not get a chance to go see that show. Um, I wish I had because I heard it was great. I heard it was just high energy the whole time. Um, great delivery, just exactly what you would expect um, out of Gwen. And I could tell you, you know, any of the interviews that I've ever heard with any member of this band, they've always seemed like very down to earth people that the success didn't really create a monster or anything. I mean, just, just humble, you know, this is what I do. This is who I am kind of thing. And um, never really saw any arrogance or anything, which makes me like the band even more, you know, and that, for me, that makes the music more enjoyable. You know, I, I don't blame people for going through different things. You know, success can do things to to people that you would never expect. We we really don't have any training for how to handle it. We just get it put in front of us or we achieve it and uh, have to find a way to deal with it. And some people handle it well, some people don't. But you really can't blame them because there's there's really nothing to say, hey, here's what's going to happen. Let's do some training exercises. Let's put you through a course on how to handle fame. There's nothing like that. You just, you're in it and and you have to find a way to deal with it. So I can say that anything that has happened with these guys, I felt that they uh, held up very well. I've never seen anything or, or heard anything in an interview that would make me go, you know what? They're kind of a jerk, like nothing at all. I have the greatest respect for them because uh, they, they just, they hold up well. I'll say that. So let's check out Just a Girl. I really love the drums on this song. I love how that snare just cuts right through in the beginning. I love the synth on that. It's really nice that um, 
you know, they're really using it more as an effect instead of uh, part of the riff. It, it just, the whole song just has such a good feel to it. And musically, it's just such a full sounding song too. I mean, all these songs are really, they, they've done a great job of balancing and not really leaving. I don't want to say not leaving open space is, is a good thing because it, it can be nice to have space here and there. But for this kind of music, for what they're doing, I think that they've really filled out every song very nicely. You know, they're, they're rich and full and very well balanced between left and right, between the, the instruments, very well mixed. Just a, a great album on the whole. And Just a Girl is a perfect example of that because it dials back a little bit here and there, you know, goes back to that opening part, but just comes right back in again. And, uh, you know, the verses are, are ones where you can kind of lay back and just listen. And then when the chorus comes in, you kind of want to sit forward. It just makes you physically want to do that. And I really love that about this song because that just shows the power of the performances and the writing. And you don't get that a lot. So uh, that's that's one of my favorites on this album. Now, the next song is called Happy Now. I love the way she sounds when she's doing her backups. Um, love that part going into the chorus with uh, the change up on drums. Just a, another solid, powerful song. So here we are. We're four songs in. Every one of them's been a good, solid, powerful song. And normally, like I said, you'd have at least one ballad by now. You know, on most albums, even for rock bands, they would have dialed it back somewhere in here. But these guys are just keeping it moving forward, keeping the album just perfectly enjoyable, not letting you sit down and and just go, all right, I'm just going to listen to the rest. Like you, you want to move, you want to pay attention to what's going on. Whatever your reaction is, it's going to be guided by this album as, a lo- as opposed to a lot of times the album, you know, will drop back on a song and you'll just be like, okay, well, I can just, you know, start doing this or, or doing that and, and use it as something to have in the background instead of in the foreground. But these guys really don't give you the opportunity for that because the songs are interesting and they've just got a great drive to them. So uh, this is one where I thought the kick drum sounded a little bit better, too. You could hear it a little more, I think, than on the other songs. It is kind of punchy, and that does blend in a little bit, but, uh, you know, more so than something that, that um, has a little bit more high end to it. Um, but I think it sounds it sounds really good. I just wish there was just a little bit more in the mix. I want to feel it more in my chest than hear it. But again, that's just me. Uh, so the next song is called Different People. And boy, this is, you know, if if there's ever a time in history, it, it seems like every time we get close to just accepting people because they're people and not caring about what race they are, what religion they are, what their sexual preferences, like all these things that we have to compartmentalize people and, you know, say, well, you belong to that group and you belong to this group and all this stupid bullshit instead of just going, you know what, we're all people. 
And that's the thing. So this song kind of addresses that. If, if again, you know, I'm not a huge lyrics guy, but from what I've gathered of this song, it's just saying, you know what? We're different people. And that's just the way it is. And we are. But musically, it's fantastic. Right off the bat, I love the, the uh, that comes in from the opening. I uh, love 16th on the hi-hat, uh, you know, in, in this style of the song. It just really keeps the groove going and it keeps it from getting stale. Because if he just did quarter or even eighth notes, it just would not have the drive that 16th notes on the hi-hat do for this song. And it, again, it's a great vocal delivery. All the musicians are just on fire on this album. Okay, maybe that's not what it means. I don't remember now. I have not listened to uh, to this in quite some time, but I always thought it was about diversity. Maybe it's not. Uh, but anyway, great song. And I love the bass on this. The, the groove on the bass is fantastic. It really keeps the song in motion and really keeps it interesting. Uh, you know, strong vocal delivery. I love the way Gwen harmonizes herself. Guitars are nice and strong. It's just a, a great piece of music. And you know, if, if if you guys haven't gotten it yet, I love this album. I mean, I really do. I, I can't say anything bad so far, you know, other than, I mean, the worst thing I've said about it is that I wish there was a little bit more kick drum in the mix. And I, I how dare I? But, but uh, another great song. And it flows so nicely. It's one that, that especially when the keyboards uh, really kick in later on um, with the harmony, it, it just really it just sounds so huge and it's a, it's a great song. One that it's one of those ones that as soon as it's over, I kind of want to hear it again. Like I am really anxious to get to the next song, but at the same point, like I've enjoyed listening to it so much. I just want to go back on repeat and check it out again. And we're not going to do that though. We're going to move on to a song called Hey You. Well, it took six songs on the album before they slowed it down a little bit. This one's got, um, you know, it's still an up-tempo song, but compared to the other ones, it's the first time that they're kind of chilling a little bit. And it's a, a really strong, again, strong vocal performance. I love that sitar feeling in the opening, but it's it's just another powerful song. And the great thing about this song is that even at a more mid-range tempo, it doesn't let you down. It's not like, okay, you know, here's the the slower one. And again, you know, we can kind of just, you know, let our guard down, just have it on in the background while we do other things. No, this is another one that you're just going to pay attention to. It's a very catchy, especially when you get to the chorus. 
and another one that you just want to hear again as soon as it's over. So uh, another thumbs up for me on this song. I mean, they're all thumbs up for me on this album, especially the next song called The Climb. This song just has so many little surprises in it. And normally I would just leave the clip at that, but I want to play one for you because it just is is my favorite part of it. it. Brings back so many memories. But even the first time I've heard it, I'm like, wow, what a what a powerful song. What a great message. What a, you know, trooper this character is. And it it's one of those songs that, you know, if you feel like life is beating you down and you can't do the things you want to do. You just got to reach for the next step. Just go to the next step. That's all you got to do. And I, I love that because it's easy to look at the big picture and just be overwhelmed, get discouraged. But if you just take one step at a time, you can get to the top. And I, I just love that message. So here is, uh, is my favorite part of the song or one of my favorite parts of the song. A lot of it has to do with the message of it, you know, just just I can't turn back. I've got to keep going. Part of it has to do with just the way that she did the backing vocals. Part of it has to do with the music that's behind it. And again, even though it's not an, a, an up-tempo song, you really feel a lot of power in the music in this one. And part of it, too, is going into that next verse, the way that she harmonizes herself. It's just a fantastic thing. And then the music just really, really backs her up so strongly. And it's a very powerful song. And you would think, you know, typically the the powerful songs are going to be more the the hard driving ones. But this one to me is one of the most powerful on the album. I, I love it. I listen to it anytime. I think it, it could also be the longest on the album. I don't remember, but I, I remember it is a, a longer song. But it's it's fantastic and it keeps up that energy the whole time. And it's like I said, it's got some nice twists and surprises in it. So check out that whole song. I think that if you like the clip, you'll love the song. Now, uh, that is half of the album. Actually, we're at the halfway point. The next song, I guess what would probably have been side two of the LP is a song called 16. Do you 
I absolutely love that opening. It is so powerful. Um, the, the bass guitar is a little loud for me. I think that could have been blended a little bit better, but the sound of it is powerful. I love the guitar licks in between the, the bass riff there. I also love that organ in the verse. It just sounds so good as it's uh, really just supporting. You know, it doesn't need to be playing the whole time. It's just a supporting riff. You think back to songs like, um, you know, Speed King by Deep Purple or um, Fire by Jimi Hendrix, where the, the, the riff kind of plays in between the vocal instead of during it. And that just gives a little bit more room for the vocal to shine. But I really love the way it sounds here. I love the choice they made for those sounds. I love the bass sound. Uh, again, I just think it's slightly too loud, but the sound of it is fantastic. So overall, really cool song, very powerful. And it's all just about that sort of coming of age sort of thing that we, um, we all went through unless you're 16 or under, in which case you haven't gone through that or you're just going through it now. And God, good luck. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a great song in the album. We're, we're picking back up tempo again. And uh, our next song is called Sunday Morning. great riff. I, I just love that. Now, the opening of the song was really kind of uh, fading in from the song 16. So that little bit you heard at the beginning was uh, part of the end of 16 as it faded into Sunday morning. But I love that snare intro. Uh, I think the bass sounds great. I love what you can get away with on a bass guitar. You know, you can have more of those squeaks and things like that on an album like this, where most types of music, they'd be like, oh my God, the bass sounds awful. But it works here. It really sounds good. That that raw edge, you know, you look at the the ring out on the snare drum in places on this album is really heavy. And normally you would be EQing any ring on the snare like that, or maybe have just a slight touch of it to thicken the sound. But you certainly wouldn't have anywhere near the amount that that I hear on this album. But it really works for this kind of music. And uh, it's just a very powerful song. Like I said, that guitar riff is fantastic. And uh, you know, it, it that would be one of the riffs that I wish I could play. Like, it makes me want to learn how to play guitar because I think that would just be a fun riff to play. But that's just me. So now we're going to hit the uh, the big hit of the album, which is called Don't Speak. I find this song a little confusing in the lyrics myself, and, and I'll get to that. But uh, here is... You, there's a good chance you've heard this song. It's it was it was played uh, quite heavily. I mean, this album made it to number one on Billboard, so it definitely got a lot of attention. And this was the hit song from it. So um, I would imagine it was used in in projects, you know, licensed out for films and things. I can't think of one, but it seems like it would have had to have been. It's just such a perfect song for something like that. And it's it's a beautiful song. It's got a beautiful delivery in the patience of the musicians, in the emotion of the the vocals 
I mean, there's a reason this song was a hit and it makes perfect sense. So enjoy that. And then we're going to get back to why it confuses me afterwards. feel every drop of emotion that she wrote down on paper or whoever wrote the lyrics wrote down on paper and you you feel that coming through her voice every bit of it i love that harmony there that we just heard um i love the the gentle instrumentation in the beginning you know we're we're about to hit the chorus and that's where the drums are going to kick in i'm going to play the chorus for you because that's the part that confuses me so here it is and then we'll talk about it or i'll talk about it Okay, so this could be taken a couple different ways. Um, Is it don't tell me the words because it hurts or don't you be telling me about this because you're in pain? I've always wondered which way that went. I mean, it could go either way and it's fine. It's really no big deal. It's just one of those things that when you hear it and you're like, um, I wonder which way they meant that. It just sticks in your head. So every time I've heard this song, I've wondered that. And I think either way, it, it like I said, it works beautifully. It, it's a powerful lyric, but um, but that's always been a question in my head. I want to play you just one other uh, bit of it because this is really the the most powerful part of the song to me. And this is one of my favorite parts in any song. I love when a song has this kind of build and, and, and does this. And we'll see what you guys think. Is that just powerful or what? I love that. I love the, you know, coming out of the solo there, that little sort of dying off keyboard sound that that's kind of like their relationship dying off. And then uh, hearing the the vocal coming back all gentle and kind of realizing that this really is the end. And then just coming in with such force back into the chorus, vocally fully doubled, just sounds so powerful with that extra harmony in there. Just absolutely amazing. And I love when songs have that. A- another example I can think of is um, Adore by Miley Cyrus. Uh, when it comes back in uh, towards the end, I-, I really feel that's a similar kind of uh, structure to it. I-, I-, I just love that. That's the part that I would rewind on cassette because you couldn't really do that on CD as much. Some CD players would do it in the car, but um, I would just rewind it and listen to that over and over and really feel that power building and it's it's just amazing. And then with that that drum buildup and everything, it just sounds so good and powerful. It's one of the most powerful parts of the album. 
And one of the things that, you know, even if I didn't like the rest of the song, which I do, but even if I didn't, I think that's a part that I could really appreciate because it's just crafted so masterfully. And uh, I'm really, really glad that they put that in there because to me, that just really brings out the depth of, of all the emotion in that song. So, you know, you can certainly see why this album made it to number one and why that song was so popular. But now we're going to go back to kicking things up a notch with a song called You Can Do It. Well, anybody who knows me or has listened to the Magicians podcast certainly knows how much I love a wah pedal. And this uh, this 70s sound is just fantastic. It really kind of brings you back to the days of disco and, and that sort of feel, even though the song itself is not like that at all. But just that that part, that sound um, it kind of makes me want to put on some roller skates and just go uh, go out and, and have some fun. But I'm not going to do that. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep doing this podcast, but it's a, it's a great song. It's a, you know, you got to come out of a song like don't speak with something that's going to have a kick to it. You just have to, you've got to bring it up and, uh, and, and let, you know, say, you know, the audience has had their emotional cry. They've let it all out. Now we got to get them jazzed again. And this song is definitely going to do that. It's got such a great beat to it. Love the brass. I love the keyboard fill-ins here and there just really brings out a lot of that, uh, you know, fun-loving joy that we really need after a, a gut-wrenching ballad. So uh, this was great placement on the album for the song, I think. I mean, there's a lot of songs you could have put after Don't Speak, but this one's good because it kind of warms you back up instead of just attacking you with uh, speed or power. It, it It's saying, okay, little fella, I know we've just been through a lot. We're going to be okay and just carry you into something else instead of just going, you know what, get over it. You're fine. Let's go and and bring you back into some kind of like hard driving piece of music. So I think the placement of this was was probably the best place it could have gone. And this would have been probably the best song to use after Don't Speak. But in and of itself, I mean, it's got such a great sound to it. There's really a lot going on. There's a lot of layers in this song. I would highly suggest listen to the whole thing a few times, really Focus on something different each time. Focus on the brass. Focus on the synthesizers. Focus on, you know, different sounds each time because the song really has a lot to offer. And and this just goes to show the vision of a band like this with these caliber of musicians. They could really take a song to this level and they do a masterful job of it. Absolutely masterful. So uh, the next song is called World Go Round. Yeah, 
Well, you really get to hear the control and vibrato that Gwen Stefani has just in that little part that we just listened to. I mean, so, so controlled, so well-performed. And I just love her range. I love how she can go from, from you know, that low to not a, a piercing high, but just it's so smoothly to those notes that she's singing there. And it's a great opening. It says to me, um, you know, we're we're on a journey on this song. It's not about uh, getting to the destination. It's about the journey. And it, it really just feels like the riff is a very... Um, I don't want to say kumbaya because that's not what I get out of it, but it's it's definitely a, you know, let's put our arms around each other and just kind of rock back and forth in unity and, and solidarity and and talk about this topic that we've got to do better as people. We can, it's within our grasp, it's not even difficult, but we got to do it. And I love that the music, before you even hear the vocals, I love that the music gives me that feeling. You know, you don't know what the story is. You can kind of, you know, world go around. That could mean so many different things. But once you hear the music, you're like, you know what? I just I just want to hang out and be unified and and do good. You know, I want to make the world better. And then the lyrics come in talking about this is what we got to do. So I think it's it's very fitting. I think it's really a, a great thing when you can shape the music to bring out the idea of what the lyrics are going to tell you before they even do. Um, another example of that, that I can think of is the very first time I heard the song, nothing at all from deep purple's newest album, whoosh. It, it had like an autumn feeling to it, to me. Now this album came out in the summertime, so it was pretty hot out, you know, when I first heard it, cause I live in the desert where, you know, August is like 115 degrees most of the time. And so you're not really thinking about falling leaves and, you know, crisp apple and all that sort of thing just yet. You're anxious for it, but you know you're not going to get it for a good month or month and a half. So I remember when I first heard this song, I thought, wow, this really has an autumn feel to it. And as it turns out, the lyrics are about the change of seasons and Mother Earth and all that stuff. So it's another example of how musically they can just create a mood that, you know, for me at least, it just struck me as exactly what the song was about. Now, for different people in different parts of the world, autumn is a different thing. You know, people that live at the equator, it's going to be pretty different than people that live at the South Pole, than people that live above the equator. So it's going to be different for everybody. I can say for me personally, that song just immediately felt like autumn. And then when I understood what the lyrics are about, I loved it even more. It was just so amazing to me. And this you know, this song definitely just hones right in on the feeling that they want you to have when you get what the story is. And I think that is such a magical thing. And I have such immense respect and appreciation for artists that can pull that off. I would like to think I've done it, but since I don't really do a lot of lyric stuff, I can't say that it equates to the lyrics, but I can say that there are a few songs I think I've pulled off the feeling that that I want as far as, you know, something seasonal or something that you know, just to set a certain particular thing in your mind. Whereas normally I don't care if, if I write a song about flying and you think about being undersea, that's great. You felt something and that means a lot to me. But there are some songs where I'm kind of like, you know, this is really what I want people to feel. And I try to direct it towards that. And based on some feedback, I, I think I've done that a couple of times, but it's a hard thing to do. And they have definitely just nailed it right here for me. So uh, great job on this. It, it definitely makes this song one of my favorites as well as that vocal delivery and that vibrato and everything. It's just, 
so so perfect, such perfection, so magical um, that I can't even speak, which is always great for a podcaster. So as we get uh, to the last couple songs on the album, the next one is called End It On This, which they don't because we still have the, the title track of the album yet. But uh, this is a, another good one. And here is a bit of End It On This. that one play a little bit longer than normal because I just love that last part there with the piano. That's such a great piece. Um, but the, the vocal placement in the verses, I love. Um, I love the strong drum beat. I, I just think it's got such a great groove to it. And it's just another one of those songs that just gets stuck in your head, just like every other song on this album. And it's pretty amazing to me when a band can pull that off, you know, and that's one of the things that makes me love this album so much and want, wanted to make me cover it on the show because it's just got such a vast amount of memorable moments on it. And there's so many songs that you could just go back to and go, I want to hear this. And halfway through, you're like, oh man, I can't wait till I get to that one. But I want to enjoy this one at the same time, you know, uh, just, just fantastic and powerful all the way around. But this has got some great parts in it. It's really strong leading into the last track. And uh, which is very important because you don't want to lose people here. It's very easy to do you know, the songs, the, the, there's 14 songs on the album. So it's, it would be pretty easy to lose people along the way. But for me, this album keeps my attention very much so. And there's not a lot of albums that I can say from beginning to end, don't lose me at least for a little bit somewhere along the line. For me, there's no even 30 seconds where I'm like, you know, I wish this wasn't on the album. I mean, every bit of it, I absolutely am glad that they put on. So that leads us into our final track, Tragic Kingdom. Let's check it out. Once was a magical place, over time it was lost. Pressing crystal cars, now the fortune. The castle for us and tracks were caught by a setback, be caught by all the cheese. Now the drawbridge has been lifted as the millions they drop to their knees. They pay homage to a king whose dreams are buried in their mind. Imagery in this song is really amazing. And I, I cut out the very beginning where they're, it sounds like they're in a train station getting ready to travel. And I think that kind of plays on the album cover a little bit. But uh, this is a very powerful song. I absolutely love it. The end is 
crazy. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to say you should really just check it out. But talk about musicians that were so in sync with each other. Um, You'll really be blown away by how tight the ending of the album actually is. I think it's just phenomenal. And it's one of those endings that you're like, wow, I've got to listen to this album again. Most of the time when I hear the end of an album, I'm like, okay, glad I listened to that album. I wonder what I'm going to listen to next. But with an album like this, as soon as it's over, I'm like, um, more. Like, I'm not done yet. I want more. Even though I've just heard 14 songs by this band, I want more because the ending just works in a way that leaves you craving a little bit. And it's it's a, an excellent ending. One of the best album endings I, I can think of. So uh, that's Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt, guys. I hope that you have enjoyed these clips and my thoughts on them. It's a great album. Please go check out the full album. And I have links to iTunes and Amazon where you can purchase the album. Um, and I'm sure that it's uh, probably still available in record stores. You know, it was uh, a Billboard number one album. So I, I'm sure that it's out there somewhere. But if you just want to purchase the downloadable copy, um, you can get it on Amazon or iTunes and I'm sure some other places as well. But thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I will be back next week. Like I said, if all goes well this week, I will be back next week with Lee Kerslake's album, Eleventeen. If uh, we have to delay things a little bit, then I will I will be back with another show either way. But I'm hoping to get to 11.10 next week. That is the goal. Now I have to get back to working on my own album. I hope that you guys have a fantastic week. And like I said, if you haven't checked out the Magicians podcast yet, if you are into Uriah Heap, if you're curious about Uriah Heap's music, if you've heard the name but can't think of songs they've done, whatever the case might be, whatever your knowledge base is, go check out the show. Each show is a song review of a different song. And I'm doing everything that they did in the studio. I'm not covering anything live, uh, at least not at this point. But uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff on there. And also uh, check out my interviews at the uh, in the fourth quarter of last year with Mick Box, Ken Hensley, and Paul Newton, who was the original basis of Uriah Heat. Mick Box, of course, is the only original member still in the band. And Ken Hensley was the uh, you know the great songwriter, keyboard player, guitarist, singer. And uh, a really great guy, too, as is Mick and as is Paul. Uh, Everybody that I've met that's been associated with Uriah Heap has just been absolutely fantastic. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing their current drummer, Russell Gilbrook. Uh, Boy, what a a passionate musician he is. So go check that out, guys. Uh, I will be back next week with another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. One way or another, you'll find out if it worked out or if it had to be delayed. The answers will be told soon. Take care, guys. Have a great week. Cheers. (laughs) 